Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. Searching for his prey, it's Hunter. And looking at those stats, six foot three, over 18 stone with a 50 inch chest. It's incredible to think that this new gladiator is only 19 years of age. Contenders, watch out. So, absolute pleasure today to have uh, himself, Mr. James Crossley, on the podcast, uh, aka formerly someone who used to watch on TV as a, as a youngster, as hunters in Gladiator back in the day. So, thank you very still much. Still hunter, not formally, still hunter. Still hunter. <laughs> I'm still going. I'm still you going. Still, you would call you that? <laughs> um, not really, to be honest. No, no. <laughs> it's actually on my Instagram, it's James Hunter Crossley. So, I think some, some people do think it's my middle name. So I like, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was actually Lightning, curious. Tim Lightning Betts, but Lightning isn't her middle name either. I was actually curious when I saw that, to be fair. It was, was actually yeah. something I was going to ask as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, my middle name's actually John. Far less interesting. <laughs> Slightly less exciting. Um, just so for anyone who doesn't know you, let's have a little brief run through of who you are, where you're from, and your, your, your background, James. I think you've got quite a cool uh, backstory. Yeah, um, well, I'm from York originally. I started lifting weights when I was 12 years old and I was doing, you know, a lot of bodybuilding. I'd got the first set of weights when I was 12 and joined a gym at 13 and I did my first bodybuilding show at 15. Um, and from there, I got into various magazines as I got a bit older and got into teenage. Uh, I won Teenage Mr. England and then Junior Mr. Britain is where in the magazine I was spotted for gladiators. <clears throat> and um, I was very lucky. I basically went for an audition that they came to see Mr. Britain. They asked me to do an audition. And 10 days later, I was filming, filming the Gladiators. And that was something I did for um, eight, eight years. And then from there, I retrained. I became an actor. I did eight years touring theatre all over the world, which was a very interesting but quite a difficult lifestyle that didn't really fit for me. And then once that kind of uh, petered out, I, I got back into fitness. And really, that's what I'm doing now, work, work, work in fitness, still do. Uh, you know, keep myself fit, do lots of challenges and, um, you know, like to advise people on what to do. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. With the, um, I imagine it was quite a very interesting lifestyle, I imagine, with the Gladiators work back in the day. Were you, you travelling a lot then with that? Yeah, well, it was quite hardcore because we actually filmed two shows a day and the schedule really? when, we, when we filmed, we did the whole series in two weeks. So people think we were there every Saturday, but one show took about four and a half, five hours so we'd do two shows on the Saturday, two shows on the Sunday, Monday off, two shows on the Tuesday, two shows on the Wednesday. So if you got injured in an early show, you could be out the whole series. So it was very grueling on the body. And obviously those events are very different from, from um, you know, the quite high impact, very aggressive events rather than, you know, a controlled lifting of a weight or something. So yeah, it was a tiring, a tiring few weeks. And then the rest of the year would be kind of, touring around opening you know shops and fates <laughs> and you know lighting firework displays and stuff like that and then they, they used to take us to Mauritius for a couple of weeks saying we were out there all summer but we were there for about two weeks just filming some bits and pieces so it was quite varied yeah every week was very different you never knew what you'd be doing um one week to the next but a lot of traveling a lot of traveling around the country but it was great you know an amazing lifestyle no, I can imagine I can imagine out of curiosity was there ever any like uh awkwardness of anyone not getting on because obviously you're in a very close-knit environment yeah no to be fair, it's like anything we became like a like a big family we were all living on the same floor of a hotel so there's obviously going to be a little bit of kind of you know brotherly sisterly fighting going on here and there but it, 
you know, it wasn't too bad. And everyone, you know, everyone was in the same boat. Everybody wanted to win. Everybody wanted to do well. So there was a lot of pressure. So everybody was very supportive uh, of each other when we when he went, went, went up to do the events and stuff like that. So it was all pretty good. Oh, awesome, awesome. Um, question on that. So we often briefly touched it. Where did the name Hunter come from? Did you either choose your names yourself or was that...? The, um, the producers and... Um, Basically, I think you should just sit around a table with a bottle of port and start getting <laughs> names because when I first joined, I did my, um, my kind of test, if you like, to join. And they said, right, you're in. We're going to call you Trident. So initially they called me Trident and then they, they drove me to LWT. And, you know, I walked in at 19 years old and there was Jet and Shadow and Lightning just sat, sat, kind of staring at me. And I was like, oh. And they said, oh, actually, we've, we've just taken on a guy we're going to call Trojan. We think that's a bit close. We're going to call you Hunter. So they, they just came up with the names. I think they just had a, a, a box of names that they, they liked and then just tried to fit it with the person. I mean, Wolf looks, looks quite like a wolf, didn't he? So yeah, that, that, that logically made a lot of sense. Yeah, a very apt name. No, awesome, awesome. So from, from there, obviously, I imagine with your training back in the day, was there a specific... Were you still keeping up with the bodybuilding style training with the gladiator work? No, you see, I, I joined gladiators. I was fresh up a body, literally fresh up a bodybuilding stage. I mean, I had 10 days before I was, I was doing Mr. Britain and then I was trying to climb a wall and I couldn't do anything. I was rubbish on everything wow. because all I'd done since I was 12 was lift weights. I'd done no real sports at school. I was like a hardcore bodybuilder in my teens. So I had to completely change my goals and change because the first year I couldn't get up the wall. I couldn't hang on the rings. And, you know, I remember the producer saying to me, Hunter, you're shit. You know, and I was just like, oh, this really kind of affected me because I've always wanted to be the best at everything I'd done. And so I went off the next year and I was like a psycho. I was pushing cars around a car park. I joined a climbing wall. I was playing badminton. I was doing rugby tackles. And I came back the next year and, I, you know, I'd improved like 300% because I'd just been training to be a gladiator very specifically. So not to be a bodybuilder, that was secondary. So I would do weights maybe three times a week. Then I'd do event and game practice probably um, four or five times a week. Because the thing is, when we got to LW, we had the same amount of practice as the contenders. You basically got two days on 12 to 16 events. They got two days and then you had to do the games. So if you didn't do anything in your own time, you'd be rubbish. So some of the guys just did weights throughout the year and they came up and they did a little bit of practice. But I was training just to be a gladiator, which... In the real world, there's no benefit at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really good at hitting people with sticks, and I can climb a wall really quickly. But on that show, obviously, it worked really well. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, obviously, from from there onwards, what like what's really inspires me about yourself, uh, James, is your like the diversity in what you do in like the fitness, health, and fitness world now. Like you do so many different challenges. You're into yoga. Uh, you do strength and conditioning stuff. You've done strongman. Like yeah. your and like the longevity of what you do with uh, yourself and your clients going forward. Like, is there any tips in particular or anything that sort of led you down these different various avenues, or are you just always up for a challenge and just open-minded and want to try different things? Well, f first of all, what's the best workout in the world? The best workout in the world is the one you'll stick to. So it's all right me writing you this program which is going to do this, but unless you stick to it, you know it's not going to be great. So you have to have something at the end of that, you know, to just do an eight week program just to look good isn't really a high stakes enough thing. So I have been a big goal setter all my life. So for example, the strongman, you know, after bodybuilding, I wanted to do something after gladiators. So I set myself a goal of a strongman competition and then something else strength wise. And I wanted to get a British record. Then I wanted to get a world record. And this, every time I went to the gym, I had this fire in my belly. So the goal setting has been so important throughout my life. And the yoga really came part of the parcel of the strongman because as I was doing strength, 
obviously there's a lot more you know a lot more susceptible to injury and uh, really the yoga when i was actually training to do these dinny stones which are these stones i did in scotland I saw that yeah it was some extreme pain going on because it's a grip world record and so i, I originally started yoga to um for pain management for the breathing. Is that almost like mentally train yourself to zone out? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I did it because because I was doing a, a like a timed challenge. So I, I, it was to t- it was to kind of breathe myself through the pain. But I did actually a lot of yoga during the gladiator days. That that probably helped my athleticism massively because I remember when I was climbing the wall, the fact initially I couldn't really get my legs very high and I started doing yoga then. So I've done it off and off and on for years, but more recent years I did it for the pain management, but now I'm doing it more for, um, I'm training now for a pain-free body and yeah. I've kind of laid off the heavier stuff. I've gone back more to the bodybuilding and the squeezing of the muscle and I'm doing the yoga really just to help with, I've, I've had a lot of shoulder issues. I, I dislocated my shoulder six times during gladiators. Jesus. So that's always, always, and you know, in strongman I, I was doing a competition a couple of years ago and I completely tore the shoulder out doing uh, just cleaning a log. So it's always been a massive weakness. It's been my Achilles heel really throughout. So I'm doing um, a lot more um, stuff like Indian clubs and yoga to, to work on pain management and mobility so I can grow up. You know, I'm not waking up in the morning with my back hurting, my shoulder hurting, let's drop to Europe and, and I, I want to kind of, you know, I've seen too many of these guys training into their 50s with massive weights. Um, and then they're having hip replacements and knee replacements. So I'm trying to avoid that now. And uh, really, I'm enjoying this kind of training and I enjoy the yoga and, and, and the challenge of the inversions. How, um, like, it's, it's interesting that you say you've changed your style of training. I have even myself yeah. in the last six months at the ripe old age of 29 because I've started to realize that battering <laughs> probably into a brick wall is not going yeah. to last a very long time, to be honest with you. Um, having just got back from the physio about an hour ago uh, is well yeah. apparent. So I've changed a lot of my training now. It's a lot more time and attention work. And I find that that alone, like, I think people focus too much on the weight and throwing things around rather than yeah. tension through the muscle with stability. Um, because any time you're moving a weight and you're unstable through a joint, the soft tissue is going to be taking some damage. And that's where a lot of people tend to go wrong and get a lot of injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, the eccentric and the time and attention. I think there's, there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of pluses with that as far as slowing stuff down and feeling it in the muscle and squeezing. And yeah, it's definitely something I. The thing is, I enjoy heavy lifting. So I like throwing deadlifts around. Uh, uh, yeah. it's great fun, but it's not fun for about five days afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So it's a case of getting that. You know, you have to enjoy the workout to keep doing it, but it's a case of getting that balance and rather than getting carried away with the, the extra heavy weights and it's great lifting heavy weights, but especially as your, as the aging body gets hammered, you definitely need to think about the quality of the reps, not just the weight. Yeah. And for anyone, obviously yoga is always something that's fascinated me as well. I've like, I've dipped my toe into it a few times and been humbled every time. Um, yeah. The, the thing, the thing is, with, I love um, the breathing. Sorry. The breathing, I mean, the breathing I got into as far as, um, you know, controlling pain and stuff, but I think that the problem is for me is some of the easy poses I find so difficult because my shoulders are so tight. You're kind of like, as well. I'm, I'm literally <gasps> just because I'm in pain trying to, trying to do that. But the, the, the breathing is great and the flow. Um, I mean, there's so many different styles of yoga and I think someone shouldn't just say, oh, I don't like yoga because they might have tried Bikram. Whereas for someone who's um, really big and got real issues, yin yoga is a really good start because the, here we're holding the postures for three to five minutes. Like a note, opening up the fascia, it's very slow. 
I mean, I now do a lot of vinyasa, which is much quicker and much harder, but I've kind of progressed to that from yin. But I would say to anybody who's, you know, a real athlete or really muscle-bound, yin yoga is a great start. And if you've tried a form of yoga and not enjoyed it, try yin because it's very different to, to, to a lot of the styles. I've made a note of that. I'll be going on the Google yeah. search after this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good one. Because I think, um, again, that's one of those... I think a lot of people, I think yoga is picking up a lot of popularity now. And I think like people who themselves have so much authority and so much experience in the field, I think it's showing an excellent example of how it can be used in the correct manner and the real benefits, I think are, are really eye-opening. And I think so many more people will start flooding towards that. And that's something that I personally would be looking to try and implement more myself. And I've been planning to use for the last 12 months, but I've just been kicking the can down the road a little bit, which I know everyone can do. Yeah, I think it's about prioritizing it. I and, mean, you know, I was waking up every morning and struggling to put my socks on, my knees were hurting, my back was hurting. And yoga's definitely made a big difference as far as that goes. So it's, it's, you've got to, I think, mentally think, well, actually, this is as important as the weights or it's actually becoming more important. And you wouldn't wish, you know, if you're doing weights four times a week, you probably would never miss one of those. And I think you have to implement the yoga like that and say, this is as important as that. So it's got to go in there somewhere or even more important. So even switch one. But uh, yeah, it's about creating the habit, isn't it? That's thing 100 i'm gonna ask you a question this i don't know if it's related but i was looking at your instagram profile earlier and it said yoga music dogs do you do yoga with the dogs or because you're <laughs> beautiful bulldogs. no i've got two bulldogs <laughs> and uh i can no, just imagine I, I, think, I, think I ran out of um, i ran out of you can only put so many uh, letters in can't you i ran out yeah. of letters <laughs> i think that was more my interest could be a new niche that's business idea say again it could be a new niche for you. There's a business idea. Well, there is, a, there, is, um, there is dog yoga out there where you can take your puppy. Yeah, you can take your puppy and do yoga with your puppy. But well, my dogs are, are not the most, um, they're not highly trained beasts. They're kind Beedies. of cuddle monsters. So uh, I think if I was in downward dog, they wouldn't be copying me. They'd be trying to mount my leg. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, so in terms of obviously like longevity, obviously yoga is part of what you do. Do you have anything else in terms of like nutritional protocols or health supplements or anything else that you found? Well, because I've, um, you know, I started off as a bodybuilder. Um, I've always had that kind of bodybuilding food mentality. Yeah. So I've never been able to, like strongman, I, I went to a, the, the, the strongman competition fairly recently. I did my, kind of last one I did in Belfast. And I was with these guys who were like six foot eight and 170 kilos. And I had breakfast with them and they were sat there literally hash browns, baked beans, sausages. Now I was there with like oatmeal with kind of semi-skim milk and three egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I've just always eaten a certain way. So I've never classed myself as a strong man physically. I was more of a strong bodybuilder. Yeah. And you know, the eating is a massive part of that because if you want to be a, a strong man, they tend to kind of powery. Um, but no, I've always eaten, I eat like four or five meals a day and they're just kind of fairly um fairly i'm not a massive i can't eat a big portion again we went to this thing and these guys were eating 38 ounce steaks and i ended up kind of cutting it into a quarter and giving some to the guys wives i've just never been a massive eater so i eat four or five meals a day and it's, it's you know protein good quality protein eggs fish um chicken and then the carbs come from kind of oats rice it's just old school bodybuilding really and then Classic chicken and rice yeah, plenty of fruit, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big power eater. No, it's, it's how how do you find the strongman stuff? Because that's very different. It's that's something that's always been. I've been curious about, but I just be concerned mm. about breaking myself because it's. Yeah, well, I'm, I massively broke myself. I mean, yeah, I've both biceps. I tore my shoulder. I had to, I've had um, cortisone in my knee, my elbow, and my bicep, both biceps. But um, 
I just enjoyed the challenge of trying to push myself to do heavy and heavy weights. But the problem is, it's very hard for the muscles to cope with the amount of weight that you're doing. And I was going against guys. I mean, I was lucky enough to go in the world's masters about um, two months ago. And I'm going against guys who are, I was the lightest man by 60 kilos. And the next- What do you weigh, James? Mark Felix. So um, I'm about 108, 110. Okay. And, you know, my body just couldn't cope with it. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's more of a case of I, the strength training I absolutely love. But I think, I think you've got to keep yourself, those absolute top end lifts, not, not too often. Keep it kind of, you know, now and again. Yeah, when you need to pull it out of the bag, just then go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's different. But I think I've got a lot of scar tissue from the gladiators. You know, I've, I've created a lot of problems from, from years of training. And I'm 46 now. So I suppose there's a lot more potential of, um, of injury because there's a lot more injuries have happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do love the challenge of lifting heavy, heavy weights. And um, it became like goals that I did. You know, I started up in Novice Strongman. Then I went up to, you know, built up to to kind of um national level and then i did a bit of powerlifting and but you know it was a great experience i was doing it for about nine years i think competitively did you find out of interest your you like did you have to change your calorie intake a lot during that period was your like, i, I you tried to bulk up to um sorry i tried to bulk up to 120 that was kind of the target and I, I, I powered down some food and i got up to about 114 115 but i just felt like i couldn't move yeah um and yeah, I just struggled. So yeah, I did try and pack the calories up, but I just think my body, you get used to eating a certain way. You get used to, used to eating certain foods and your body, there's no one size fits all. Just because I eat this way doesn't mean everybody can eat how I do, but it works for me. And I think when I tried to eat like just kind of calorie high food, calorie dense food, I just felt bloated, my sleep suffered. It just didn't work for me at all. So I Do you also find your training suffered at that point as well? Yeah, I was training less. I was training only like three times a week, but the workouts were longer. They were like two hours. Yeah. And they were much, much heavier and long rests, you know, five, seven minutes rest between. So the workouts were quite nice because they're quite social. We'd, get, we'd go down to Genesis in Wembley and there'd be, you know, three, three to three or five of us training, um, you know, heavy and hard. But um, yeah, it was, it was very different to the bodybuilding style training, very, very different. So out of curiosity, obviously, with your, your, your uh, background from Strongman, what are some of your top lifts in terms of like deadlift and bits and pieces like that? Just so I don't know people are going to be wondering. Um, well, my best deadlift was 340. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and that was... Um, and you're so tall as well. So that's what makes that like... Yeah, I don't know why I was good at deadlift. I think I've got really long arms. I just think I've got less distance because my arms are like monkey arms. <laughs> super long. <laughs> I was never, a, I was, I was always, that was kind of always my kind of biggest lift. And then I was always really good. I tell you, I was, which again, which was weird. I was really good at a single arm dumbbell press. I, I got up to 92 kilos on a single arm dumbbell. So that was probably, you know, uh, and yet my log was only about 130, 140. So, um, yeah, cause my left shoulder was such a problem. So yeah, that's where I really you press with the other side then. No, I only did the right hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. You yeah, because the left hand was about four the strongest movement. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just had this one freaky strong arm and the other arm was like... <laughs> so one of my shoulders is this massive boulder and the other is like a tennis ball. <laughs> did you find you had any imbalances on your lower body as well? or did that? Um, no, I've always been very good, you know, because having that coaching background of doing single arm and single leg yeah. stuff. And the only reason why I didn't with the with the, um, the left arm is because in competition, they'd say single dumbbell press, they wouldn't ask for both arms. They'd just ask for one arm. 
Um, and, you know, I had so many problems. Whenever I tried to do single arm with the left arm, I, I ended up in physio for, for four weeks. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, the, the lower body, um, I tell you where I did have an issue, uh, um, actually wrapping my knees too tight. With knee wraps. Um, you know, these powerlifters use these really uh, tight knee wraps. And I, that, that created a problem in my patella. And that's one of the reasons I had to cord, have a cord stone on my knee. Um, so what I do now, I've found my own way is I keep my, um, you know, like the, the, the knee sleeves on. Yeah. And then I wrap my knee wraps around the knee sleeves about 70% rather than, you know, hitting it 100%. I suppose high. it spreads the tension out a lot more then, doesn't it? I, honestly, it's absolutely incredible how your knees feel completely supported. You can walk around because you see these guys in tight knee wraps. They're being lifted off the floor and stuff. But also you don't, you don't squash your patella. So that, that for me, again, I've never seen anyone else do that, but it works really well for me. That's a, that's a, that's a, te- a cheeky gladiator tip for you there. Yeah, cheeky tip there. <laughs> I've never, I've, I've never really got on with knee wraps. Always, I'm a bit OCD because I'm always paranoid that one's tighter than the other one. So that's why, if I've ever had. To- yeah, but I, I think also when you rely on wraps, I became wrap obsessed. I was wrapping everything. I think when you become wrap obsessed, it, it can become problematic. I, I've, I've reined them all in now, so I only wear the knee stuff. I don't wear the wrist ones anymore. The elbow ones. At one point, I had tendonitis everywhere, so I was strapping my forearms. And again, it's just from using these the super heavy weights. So, yeah, I think I, I've reined right back from the wraps now and tried to kind of lower the weights and, um, you know, really feel it in the muscles rather than just moving an object from A to B. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, the take-home point, I think, for everyone at the moment. I think it's a big, mm. uh, I think a big shift of that's going to come back, I think, in the next few years to realign people to maybe the, the better way to train rather than just throwing it around. Um, yeah, and I think, I think now we've got so many different competitions as far as, you know, when I was bodybuilding, it was just like you know, bodybuilding in, in, in your little briefs. But now they've got these federations where girls are coming out in wings and guys are coming out in shorts and they're wearing suits. And I, I think it, it, in one respect, it's, it's kind of a strange, but in another respect, it's great because it gets more people into fitness doing different things where they don't have to look like absolute hemoths, you know? So it takes it's away so that, yeah, that those, because now the bodybuilders have got so square you know, back in the day, you could look at a silhouette of Arnold or Franco or Frank Zane, and you could say that that's who that is. But now you just look at these silhouettes, and they just look like these blocks. <laughs> Who's that? Could you, obviously, you do love a challenge and uh, various different things. Ever tempted to go back into a master's class bodybuilding for a... Um, well, funnily enough, um, <laughs> uh, Lightning, Lightning's husband at 55 has done his, just done his first bodybuilding competition, and um, he won Mr. Universe over 55. After I think it was his fifth show. Yeah. Um, but the trouble is, because I'm one of these people that I'm all in, yeah. and it, it, it takes over your life so much. I just don't know whether it's worth it for, no. for nothing, for a trophy. And, you know, when I was younger, I, I was doing it because I really wanted to kind of prove this and prove that. And I, I just don't know whether I've got it in me to, because if I did it, I'd have to be completely all in absorbed. And it, other areas of your life can be destroyed by you being this tunnel vision. When, and I yeah. tend to fall into that, whatever I do, challenge-wise. So I don't know whether it will be, be worth um, going down that road I'd probably end up you know homeless single alcoholic afterwards <laughs> but I never say never you never know I might get the eye of the tiger and decide to give one, one yeah, so some, someone that you're into when you have a gladiators you can have a battle of the gladiators on, on the bodybuilding stage yeah well Wolf I mean he's 67 he looks incredible you know he looks yeah, incredible. Sure he's, got really out, he's got a gym out in New Zealand and um, I'm sure he'd be up for doing a bodybuilding show but um yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's a lifestyle choice, isn't it? That's the one thing about these transformations. They're a great, great way of kickstarting you to fitness, but it's about keeping so, those goals going after you've done the transformation. Otherwise, people can just kind of rebound back. 
hundred percent. I think I see that a lot of people, and particularly actually with a lot of people who compete the first time, they end up rebounding so badly after their first show because they end up picking up a really poor yeah. relationship with food. Oh, massively, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, people end up having this flip-top head eating after a competition, and then they can't stop. And it's a bit like being after a wedding; they feel a bit lost after a show because that's been their every every thought and their every kind of challenge for the last. 16 weeks or six months or whatever it's been and um yeah you've got to quite quickly set something else up otherwise that's uh that can happen very easily you go off the rails so what's 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 next on the uh the challenge list for you then what's up next um to be honest i um i, I just did this strongman comp a, a couple of months ago which i'd kind of retired from strongman and um i was brought in uh last minute because somebody pulled out and uh, you know I, I decided after that, because it couldn't get better than that, to do the world's strongest master. I just thought, right, that's my last strongman competition. And then I got asked to do these Dinny games, which was these um, games up in Scotland, um, very similar to the Dinny Stones. But there was what, what, four what events. That, just to explain for anyone. Well, the Dinny games, is, um, they, they've been doing it a couple of years, but the Dinny Stones are these ancient stones in Scotland, which are you know manhood, manhood stones to lift off the floor, and they've been going since the 1800s. But the Dinny games, they've put four events. They've got a stone throw. They've got lifts to shoulder. They've got, got these um, 10 Atlas stones from 18 kilograms to 150. No tacky, which goes on barrels. Um, and th- these were the events. And I started training for that. I just thought, well, this might be just be a fun competition to do, not get too serious. And I, I popped my bicep, you know, within two weeks of training for that. So I think now it's more, that's why I, that was the decision I made to go back to the kind of the bodybuilding style training. Yeah. And what my goal is at the moment is I want to sort these shoulders out. So I've got these Indian clubs. I'm doing those every other day. Um, I, I'm doing the yoga twice a week. I'm doing the bodybuilding probably three or four and just really working on a pain-free body and not waking up with, you know, nickels here and there. Trying to, yeah, so that's kind of the initial goal at the moment. Is, no. um, you know, training, training not, not for anything too specific, but training for a purpose of um, feeling... Health and longevity. And I think, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the big take-home thing, I think it's a fascinating thing like, talking to you is to see your mindset of how you shifted from bodybuilding to strongman, but you also do yoga and all these other things to keep you in one piece. And I think yeah, well, I think, the, um, I think the biggest shift was gla- from bodybuilding to gladiators because I literally had to go from being this static kind of beast to, to, to being an athlete. Um, and again, it was just about goal setting and each week, you know, getting better and better and, and really having that passion. And if you are going to set a goal, it's got to be something that you're really passionate about doing, something realistic and something that you really can get your teeth into. But... Um, you know, it's easy to set a goal and not really, really want to go for it. You've got to, that's why training people who are getting married, they're the best <laughs> women that are getting married because it's, for them, it's so high stakes. You know, a lot of them have been dreaming about it since they were kids, what they're going to do on their wedding. And you get a girl who's getting married, you can literally make yeah. her, you know, completely transform her. And that's, that's what you call, that's when you get here it's when there's a goal and there's a why for someone. A Absolutely, why to yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's difficult sometimes for people to self. I've done it for so many years. I can, I can do that. I've got that skill. And I've never been good at anything. I've never been strong. I've never been fast. I've never been, but I've always been a hard worker and had that goal setting mentality and the tunnel vision. And that's really the superpower. But there are so many people out there that are super strong, that are super quick, that have got those kind of advantages. And it's just about getting your mindset in, in the game and getting the goal set. And then you can kind of do anything. It's the thing. I think the body's nothing without the mind. And I think that's where... The mind will always fail before the body. And I think that's where 99% of people go wrong is they can't control their mind so that they can't control their body, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, how many people do you know when you were at school who were amazing gymnasts and then they get into boys or something and then, you know, they just stop. And it's, it's about having that tunnel vision and that mindset and that kind of belief that 
that you really want to do something. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to kind of, it's not something you can buy in a bottle. No, 100%. 100%. I think that's something people are looking for. But it's, um, you need to find your own intrinsic motivation through yourself, your own discipline to achieve what you want to achieve and do it for the right reasons. Yeah, I had a guy that I was training and he was actually, they were getting married and they both lost two stone each for their wedding and they both looked amazing. And they came back to me a couple of years later because she had a baby and he could see he didn't want to be there and he was just sitting down. And to cut a long story short, I said, look, I can't train you like this. You clearly don't want to be here. And we had a long chat and he said, I've always fancied fencing. Anyway, we, we joined him in a fencing school. He was doing that three times a week and he lost another stone. That's and awesome. You know, it's about, it's, if he doesn't enjoy it, she was literally whipping him to, to do this for his wedding. Um, but, you know, it was never going to last. But now he's doing fencing and he's, that weight stayed off. And that's the thing. You've got to have something you, you enjoy as well as something that's kind of going to create the results. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's a good part in comment to sort of round out the podcast. I think the most important thing is whatever you're doing with your fitness journey, particularly as you get older, I think you, you don't only do things you want to enjoy. You won't do it for the sake of doing it. It's find what you love to do, whether it be hiking, walking, yeah. fencing, whatever it is. And then you can use that as your tool for fat loss and to get lean if you get your diet right. Um, it really is that simple. Absolutely. And as you age, this thing might change. My dad is um, 80 years old and I did Snowden with him a couple of months ago. I saw that. Awesome. And it's incredible because he walks, he's got a walking club every week. And having that accountability, you know, he meets a group of guys, they go walking every week. And that's the thing. If you, if you, if you struggle to motivate yourself, find a group of people, join a club, um, and, and, and get other people around you who are motivated to it because you know the fact that he hit Snowden at 80 years old which is a seven hour um, you know, up and down trip is just amazing it's incredible it's incredible uh, to um, round up James where, where can anyone find out some more information about you okay so if you're on Instagram I'm on Mr. James Crossley or James Hunter I'm actually Mr. James Crossley um, James Hunter Crossley of course that is not my middle name it's John um, <laughs> and if you check out my website fit at 40 plus.co.uk um, I've got a DVD out as well for people who want to train at home called Fit at 40 and you can grab that on Amazon. Awesome, awesome. Absolute pleasure to have you guest on the podcast uh, today, James. We need to sort of a training session soon. And yes, yes, well, let me know. I think we should do back. So uh, I'll come to Croydon and we'll... Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get rid of the diary, so it sounds good. We'll Bast out a big session at, um, at, uh, at Kingsley awesome. Croydon, yeah. Yeah, no, so sounds great, sounds great. So absolute pleasure, buddy, and have, have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you, thank bye. You.